Drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. America, stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. Monday, October 17th edition episode of The Elephants in the Room. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I'm so excited because it finally actually feels like fall here. And I'm just getting really excited for Halloween, Thanksgiving, holidays. I'm pumped. And then, of course, the election. (laughs) Max is looking at me like, hello, the most important thing. She knows that I'm upset that people have moved back into the area now that golf courses are filling back up and restaurants are filling back up. And it's just disgusting. There's more people here. (laughs) Give me my 115 degree heat. No one around. It's lovely. It's lovely this time of year. This time of year, not so much. That time of year, it is. No, it's wonderful. It's fall. It's great. We got football on right now. Well, we're recording during halftime, or trying to record quickly during halftime, which is why we should quickly pivot into, yes, that thing that you mentioned at the end of all of the other events that take place during this time of year. Election season. Election season. We're one, two, three weeks out. Yeah. Three weeks out from the election. November 8th. November 8th. As our ginormous pamphlet tells us. Yep. We got one of those big books that I thought they only gave out in California, so I'm very excited. This thing is absolutely massive. Let's see how many pages. It's three over 300 pages. Wow. Okay. I do believe. Not sure I'll be reading all of that. It is multilingual, though. Is it? No, I don't think so. Oh, no, it's, it's not. all English. It's all English. That's 300 pages of goodness. Man, that is a lot. I don't think I'm going to read the whole thing, but it would not surprise me if Max Bed read that. It does have a cool soiree on it. Anyway. Yes, but it unfortunately also has a woman dropping her ballot and it looks to be a ballot, a mail-in ballot drop-off box, which um, should be illegal and outlawed throughout the country. Neither here nor there. Um, so we wanted to do a little bit of a polling roundup and things continue to trend positively for the Republicans. Um, Republicans are starting to see a pretty consistent three, four, five point edge in the generic congressional ballot, which means we're really probably up seven, eight, nine points. It's going to bring some more things into play. One thing that I'm particularly interested in some of these governor's races that, um, aren't getting as much of the headlines as our race here in Arizona, which we're going to get into in a second. Both of our candidates went on CNN to answer questions over the weekend, and um, scared Katie was confronted, shockingly, by CNN about this issue. Can we call her Hobbs? Hobbs. You don't want the name? Yeah. Don't associate my name with her. Secretary Hobbs? Yeah. Every time I see her, I just go, why? (laughs) like why what 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 purpose do you serve other than just being 
a really uninspiring, unaccomplished person with terrible ideas for this state. But anyways, there's a couple there's a couple of governor's races that are getting interesting out there, and two of them are in the Midwest. Actually, all three of them are in the Midwest. Um, the Michigan governor's race um, with Gretchen Whitmer, the incumbent, uh, who was just horrible during COVID. Oh, she's... She's running, running for re-election. re-election. Horrible during COVID. Yeah. She was uh, she got she entrapped those guys who tried to who she claimed were trying to assassinate her. Um, she was a totally made up thing. Um, she's just a really bad, horrible person and very anti free speech. Very anti free speech. That's like her hallmark. Her hallmark is just people shouldn't be allowed to disagree with her. Um, and, uh, it's like she, the antithesis of democracy. It's just yeah, well, that's just modern liberal liberalism these days. And she's running up against a woman, Tudor Dixon, who um, kind of came out of nowhere in the primary. None of the GOP primary candidates really inspired anyone. At the last like seventy-two hours before the election, or forty-two hours, Donald Trump decided to endorse Tudor Dixon, and she won. <laughs> that's kind of kind of what happened. Um, and now, um, and now it's 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 close. This race is. I want to say within the margin of error, but it's pretty darn close to being within the margin of error. Um, you know, obviously, Michigan is a state that Donald Trump won in 2016. Joe Biden won in 2020. Um, so to have a Republican within within shouting distance, within uh, the real clear politics average right now is 5.2%. Um, you know, probably more like three, given that Republicans don't answer polls. So, so, so Tudor Dixon's still a little outside, but but within striking distance of Whitmer, there in Michigan. Um, the other interesting race is the Minnesota race, that has slowly, uh, just like the uh, the Michigan race, has started to trend in the um, in the direction of the Republican. Um, hey. uh, and we're starting to see a, a six point six point spread. So still outside, you know, any sort of margin of error here. But six is a lot less than the double digits that it used to be. Um, so we're starting to see some movement, and this is the kind of thing that we're starting to see across the country of just the, who's going to break late. How are people going to break late? The do you think there will be an October surprise? Well, I think the October I think the October surprise is going to be. Uh, I think the October surprise is going to be what happens at the ballot box, which is that I think Democrats are going to be shocked that abortion didn't carry them to victory. Mm. I think that's going to be the surprise. I think the surprise is we're going to find out. um, I think what we're going to find out is that the media hysteria over a lot of the Trump candidates, um, they're going to be looking back on it and I think they're going to be going, how did people vote for these candidates? We warned them against them. And it's like, well, anyone who's taken any time to look at public opinion polls knows that the 2020 election is like issue zero. No one cares about it, really. Some people do, right? The hardcore people who you already know who they're going to vote for. Well, so so I'm going to get there. So like, there's like a hardcore group of people who like. I guess that that's their issue, right? If you stormed the Capitol on January 6th, that's oh, so there's issue. hardcore people on both sides of the aisle. Well, they kind yeah. of like 
negate themselves. Exactly, exactly. And so it's just not an issue that most people care about. You know, you know, people people don't talk about it unless they're in their cloistered circles, right? The cloistered circle on the left and the cloistered circle on the right. Those are the people that care about it. But to ninety eight percent of the country, people are, know that the twenty twenty election is not going to be overturned, right? Um, you know, the, the 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 problem we have on our side is that the person with the biggest voice in the room that is the only issue he cares about, and he said so. Um, he believes that he should have the election overturned and he'll only support candidates who will say that out loud. Most people just kind of put that to the side and ignore it because we don't live our lives, you know, in these cloistered internet forums on the left and the right where the obsession over January 6th and the election over 2020 takes place. It only exists there in the world. It doesn't exist outside because the overarching issue that people care about is inflation. The overarching issue that we people care about is that on average, Americans lost $34,000 in a 401k over the past month. Over the past month. Not just that, but they're spending 20% more at the grocery store. Spending 20% more at the grocery store. Like 100%, 200% more at the gas station. It's unbelievable. These prices have gone up across the board on everything. This is what people care about. This is what people are talking about. The economy is shrinking. We know this. The economy is in a recession. Yep. This is what people care about. And so people are breaking towards the candidates who are talking about these issues and are offering solutions forward. Now, what are Democrats doing? Now, Democrats are arguing Saudi Arabia has handed the midterms to the Republicans. Why is that? Because Saudi Arabia did not act against their own economic best interests and help Joe Biden out and delay the announcement of these inevitable cuts, these inevitable OPEC production cuts for oil, um, because they didn't delay them a month and interfere at the election on Joe Biden's behalf that they want the GOP to win. Meanwhile, they they hose themselves by killing all of our domestic energy. Precisely, it's like it's 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 the only way that oil prices can go down if Saudi Arabia decides oil like prices you, can go down. You literally could have ridden on the coattails of Trump's low gas prices and claimed them for yourself. Exactly, people are idiots. They probably would have thought so. But exactly. you're too stupid, too pigheaded, too into your climate change. We yeah. and this is. The this is what you said. We need to supercharge the transition into the clean energy economy by making working class people unable to do anything other than take their latest paycheck and put it into their gas tank. Seems like a great way to live. Do you think those people are going to vote for someone who's going to talk about how I'm going to reverse that problem rather than someone who supports the guy who got us into this mess in the first place? And that's the point. I mean, that's the Republican strategy across the board in every state is to tie everyone to Biden. You notice Joe Biden's not on the campaign trail. Yeah. Joe Biden's not out there campaigning for people. Nobody wants to see Joe Biden. The number one requested surrogate is Mayor Pete. Ew. Right? That says something. The that says transportation something. guy? Exactly. The Secretary of Transportation. Doesn't he somewhat have something to do with gas prices? Well, he was the one who famously just told people to go out and buy, buy, buy an electric car. Just go out and buy an electric car. Yeah, you don't just, have to worry just, about gas. Just go out and buy an electric car. Oh, you're starving. Just eat cake. That's wonderful. <laughs> so that's that. So that's so now Saudi, Saudi Arabia is tipping the scales because, because Democrats realize that they're now in a position that they know that they have statements 
on the record of them saying we need higher gas prices because we need to get transition the economy. This stuff's on the record. It's easily played in every single in every single swing district in America. These are the ads that are being run on the air by every Republican candidate who has money. It's it's you know we need to get rid of fossil fuels. We need to get rid of oil. We higher gas prices. They're going to happen. You know, and then so-and-so voted with Joe Biden 99% of the time, 94% of the time, right? We get that one, 94%. Mark Kelly votes with Joe Biden 94% of the time. Yep. There you go. What do you want? Do you want the person who votes lockstep with Joe Biden, or do you want the person who wants to lower your gas prices? There you go. It's a simple choice. The guy who created the high gas prices is the guy who says, I want to lower them. That's what people are talking about, and that's why people are starting to break towards Republicans, because as we've said, with so many of these Democrat candidates, all you need to do is let them talk. Just let them talk, all right? Most people aren't great public speakers. Most people will, if you let them talk enough, talk themselves into trouble. Right, and it goes back to, you know, listening is a virtue. Yes. Just listen. Exactly. Let them dig themselves into a hole. Case in point. Secretary Hobbs on CNN. Thank you. Dana Bash, you declined to participate in a PBS debate against Carrie Lake. Here's what one columnist from the Arizona Republican wrote. If Katie Hobbs loses, remember October 12th, the day she ran away from confronting Carrie Lake. Mm-hmm. Why won't you debate her? Hobbs, look, Carrie Lake has made it clear time and time again that she's not interested in having a substantive, in-depth conversation about the issues that matter to Arizonans. She only wants a scenario where she can control the dialogue, and she's refused to sit down in a one-on-one lengthy conversation to really clarify with Arizonans where she is on the issues. Dana Bash, she just came and sat down with me and answered my questions for a lot of minutes. Katie Hobbs, yet. A lot of Bash. A lot of Democrats are questioning your decision, and they're saying it's the wrong decision. President Biden's former 2020 co-chair said, I would debate, and I would want the people of Arizona to know what my platform is. If you think she's as dangerous as you're saying to democracy, is it your responsibility as a candidate who wants to run Arizona to show and explain who their alternative is? Hobbs, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. (laughs) First of all, I can't believe CNN did a little bit of journalism. That's as tough as you're going to ever see CNME and a Democrat. Um, but you can tell that that's how worried Democrats are. And you can see in polling, Carrie Lake, crazy Carrie Lake, Carrie Lake, who apparently is unelectable, crazy, dem- crazy demagogue who's going to destroy Arizona, the people of Arizonans, the people of Arizona, who are Arizonans, want are polling saying, yeah, we want the dangerous demagogue over you, Secretary Hobbs. So what does that say about you, Secretary Hobbs? We're choosing the dangerous demagogue over you. Because the fact of the matter is that Carrie Lake isn't a dangerous demagogue. This isn't a woman screaming from the rooftops that she's not going to accept the outcome of an election. She said, yeah, I'm going to accept the outcome of the election because I'm going to win it, which is a great answer, right? She knows how to, she knows how to have these answers. And she's not afraid. She's not afraid to talk about what she believes in. But Katie Hobbs is. Katie Hobbs couldn't give a straight answer on abortion. Dana Bash oh. tried to pin her down on abortion. She, she wouldn't say. She wouldn't say. She wouldn't say what her platform is on abortion. 
Isn't that like a slam dunk? I mean, all they've been doing, okay, they haven't been doing it to Carrie Lake, but all they've been doing is slamming Blake Masters on the abortion issue. Mm-hmm. So according to the Democrat playbook, that's all that Arizonans care about. So. What do you support? What should the limits be? The decision about abortion should be between a patient and their doctor. So there should be no limits in the law. It should only be decided in the medical office. Government making these kind of mandates interferes with the care that doctors need to provide to their patients. They don't belong in these decisions. There you go. Katie Hobbs, abort your child for whatever reason at any point, even if it's viable. Also, That's, that's such, an insane position to take. It's also such an invasion, like an evasion of the question, and also kind of in contrast to everything the Democrats are about, which is having rules for every little thing you do. Now, all of a sudden, you don't need any rules on your life. Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Vox. Vox Media. They're still around. Did you know that? I did not. Right. Same with like finding out BuzzFeed the other day. That BuzzFeed's still around. That was crazy to me. That wasn't as crazy to me. I figured that was still around. I just wasn't on it as much anymore. But BuzzFeed is very much a product of social media which we're not really on yeah that's true okay so what is what do we stand to gain when people with disabilities run for public office ah that's the twist they're gonna do yeah oh yeah 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 no this is the representation matters argument lovely no joke this is the representation matters argument for uh for john fetterman that we need someone with disabilities so that people with disabilities can know that they can achieve anything. Well, I had I. It needs this, to be within reason. I I yeah. It's this is like one of those things where I don't quite. For instance, because the answer is yes. Of course, you can achieve anything. Okay, but here, let me give you an example. I'm not disabled that I'm aware of, Mm -hmm. but if my dream was to be a refrigerator deliverer, I probably couldn't be that because I'm 5'1 and I can't lift a refrigerator or over 60 pounds probably. Now, maybe I could do a bunch of weightlifting, but still I'm very tiny. So odds are that's probably not for me. Yeah. It's okay if there are certain jobs that you just can't do. How many fat people are going to be in the World Cup this year? We're the obesity advocates at the World Cup. Is the world is the FIFA World Cup anti obese people because it's just skinny people running around a soccer pitch for ninety minutes? Right to your point. I mean, there's just it's like the NBA. Okay, representation matters. Do you think the NBA would be a better product if the NBA had a representation of the racial makeup of the world of the world? as the guideline of who should be on teams, right? You have to make you have to make your team look like the world. Not the best players in the world look like the world. Right. Do you think the NBA would be a better or a worse product because of that? Yeah. And how come everybody can't be a singer? Right? Why don't we have albums of everybody singing? Exactly. Because it would be terrible. And 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 you you you're making the correct point and you're making the point that I I wanted to make which was 
this isn't about whether people with disabilities can achieve and do things. This is a question about whether someone's abilities make them fit for the office or job that they want to have. We all have different abilities. We have some things that we're good at. We have some things that we're bad at. Right now, John Fetterman does not have the ability to understand, comprehend, comprehend language and communicate with other human beings. He does not have that capability, right? That's why everyone's so mad at NBC, because NBC outed, outed the fact that right now John Fetterman isn't frankly able to process, process words in a way that he will need to be able to process them as, the Unite, as a United States senator, as someone who's going to represent one of the largest states in the country, as someone who could be on different committees looking at things like our nuclear secrets, right? Setting fiscal policy. Setting tax policy. If he can't under, if he can't comprehend these issues, if he can't communicate with his fellow lawmakers, I, I, I mean, can he effectively do his job? I would say no. I would simply say no. Right? With reasonable accommodations. And throughout this article, they bring up people who are like deaf and blind or deaf blind who are disability advocates, or Tammy Duckworth, who lost her legs. But that's different. If you're deaf or blind, we have ways for you to communicate. Correct. If you literally have lost the cognitive ability to communicate, that science doesn't exist yet. We haven't figured out a way to rebuild your brain after a stroke. We haven't. We haven't. We haven't. We, and, and, and simply put... Simply put, without, without his campaign allowing us as the voters to see his medical information on whether his cognitive abilities have declined, which they're hiding. They're purposely hiding this information for obvious reasons. Because when you see the guy speak, you know that he's not there, there. He's not there, there. You know, he's, he's right. And, and, and like, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, there just comes a point where this, you know, I can be anything. Like, actually, you want to know what the hard reality is of life? You can't. Actually, you can't. At some point, you're going to learn in life that your dream, you may not be able to achieve. For the vast majority of us, we won't be able to do that. We will not be the World Series champions that we wanted to be, or the NBA Finals champions, or have a green jacket slipped on us in Augusta National. We won't become president. We won't make it to space and be an astronaut. We might not even achieve things like become a police officer or become a teacher and or other dreams that we know, had. That's okay. That's okay. That's life. You'll find your place in the world. Just because it's something that you had your heart set on doesn't mean that that's the thing that you are put on earth to do. Keep an open mind. Maybe there's something else John Fetterman is meant to do. He was pretty good at sitting on his ass and doing nothing for 50 years, 
getting money from his parents. Maybe he can go doing that. He can go back to sitting on his couch and doing nothing with his time and collecting a check from his parents. That seemed to be the thing that he was, he's been the best at in his life. Go be a layabout. Go be a couch potato, John. But you can't be a senator. Because even before this, you did not have the intellectual capabilities to be one. And now you've kind of shown that, unfortunately, due to circumstances out of your control, you don't. You just have abilities that are different. So take advantage of those. Like sitting on the couch and watching TV, which is what you did for 50 years. Because you do nothing with your life. People of Colorado, please vote for your Senate candidate, John Joe O'Day. Please vote for Joe O'Day. Please don't go on alternative social media platforms and look at former presidents who say that you should vote for the Democrat. Please don't vote for the Democrat. I don't know why we have to tell people to vote for the Republican in races, but just because someone wants to vote for, just because someone endorses Ron DeSantis for president doesn't mean that they're a Democrat. Ron DeSantis is a conservative governor and a hero to a lot of people on the Republican side of things. That is not a bad thing. If you think Ron DeSantis would be a bad president, you're a Democrat. And I think it's always nice to note that you should look at the positions that each candidate holds yes. and vote with your values. Yes, please don't Odds vote. are, if you're listening to our show, your, odd, your values align better with the Republican <laughs> on the Colorado side. Just saying. Please. Please. <laughs> I mean. I just, I don't even understand. In my opinion, endorsements should mean nothing. Because you should be looking at the positions each candidate has and voting on that. And that's it. It shouldn't care if so-and-so likes so-and-so. It doesn't matter. You should be voting because you want your taxes lowered. Right. You don't want babies killed when they're about to be born. Right. You know, yada, yada, yada. Not because somebody told you I like them. Is that how you live your life today? You're just going to buy something because somebody else likes it and you don't put any effort into knowing what you're buying? Those are called influencers. Yeah, well. <laughs> do your homework. <laughs> do your homework, please. Do your homework. Pro-life tax-cutting candidates are good. Just remember that. They're better than the alternative. All right. Let's get into food. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did you know McMuffin is running in Utah against Mike Lee? McMuffin. <laughs> okay, tell everyone what his real name is because his, his real name is his not name McMuffin. His name is Evan McMullen. He um, was plucked out of obscurity by the National Security Establishment in 2016 to run as an independent candidate in Utah to try to prevent Donald Trump from winning enough electoral votes, thus sending the Electoral College into the House in the Senate where McMullen would win via uh, congressional vote because the national security establishment would be able to pay off enough members of the House of Representatives and the Senate to put in who they want. It was a harebrained idea. It was pretty crazy. They don't know how to steal things like the Democrats do. Yeah. And they had that, like, he had that, like, uh, woman who used to run like digital campaigns as like his vice president yeah. candidate. <laughs> this is really inside baseball. Maggie or Matt. I don't like, even remember, but like, 
<laughs> you're looking at these people and you're just like <laughs> you're like I don't want you to run a Dunkin Donuts <laughs> but anyway we call him McMuffin because it's funny and it's yeah. a take on his name and it, so he's McMuffin yeah and people kept saying it's like McMullen you mean like McMuffin <laughs> McLovin <laughs> who's this guy Okay, so um, was the, that the food thing? <laughs> no, no, the food thing is not McMuffin. Two, two food things, uh, or, or just one food thing. Okay. We have cli- well, the other food thing was that climate activists are now pouring milk out in grocery stores, which is the most, I mean, these wasteful spoil. First of all, if you're a professional protester as a teenager, you're probably a trust fund brat, number one. Number two, talk about being completely wasteful. Talk about causing a disturb, causing, causing people work for other people. Talk about spitting in the face of the poor. And also just, what? The cows have already been milked. Like, the damage has been done, if you will. Like, if you really wanted to do something, you would, like, run to a farm and let all the cows free or something. I don't know. Please don't do that. But, like, that makes a little more sense to me than tossing out milk. Anyway, don't do what I said, though. New Yorkers wait in line for up to three hours at swanky French restaurant to buy a $10 croissant. You know what that tells me? There is still a lot of money in this world. There's still a lot. And the riches are in the niches. Well, that's always true. Um, Are you asking me if I would ever stand in line for three hours to get a food item? Uh, Yeah. No. I don't think there's any food I love that much that I would stand in a line for. I mean, I really love bubble tea. And I'm a little cranky if I don't get it in a day. But even then, I'm not standing in line for three hours. I'm figuring out a way to get it without waiting for three hours. <laughs> or I'm just not going to have it. So here's the place. It's like in the, it's in the usually one per croissant per person. It's right. I mean, it's right on, uh, oh, it's at NYU. Okay. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, so there was, there. there's that place in San Francisco. It's not as bad as that, mm-hmm. but at one point maybe it was. That was also baked goods. Mm-hmm. I mean, people love sugar. Yeah. Sugar and carbs. People love it. Yeah. I mean, so... Why don't so people in terms of, three hours to line up for a grilled chicken breast or something? That's actually healthy. Well, people, I mean, you want to talk about the longest lines in fast food? We did it at the last time. It's Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Um, you know the longest lines for Pliny the Younger, like eight hours. Oh, I think those are ridiculous too. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. All of these things are That's ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. I'm looking at eight hours and I'm like, I'm like, man, I've seen stories of people camping overnight for beer. As absurd. Camping overnight for whiskey. I mean, this November, during November is when Pappy is released and all that other see, stuff. People camp out overnight. See, that's absurd to me. Now, there are people who will camp out at sample sales. And some of them are just trying to resell it. And I, you know, God bless them, capitalism. I like that. That I would stand in line for, perhaps, to get something at a cheaper rate that I can then flip for more money. That I would be interested in. But something that I'm just going to eat that I could potentially make at home? No, I'm not going to do that. What's the long, yeah, what's the longest you would wait in line for that thrifting stuff? If it was a real good sample sale and I knew I could make a lot of Mm -hmm. money, Oh, I would wait four or five hours. Yeah. There you go. So I guess it just depends on your motivation. Depends on what it is. Depends on what your motivation is. Because Pliny the Younger was, I think, the longest line I ever waited in. That was two hours. 
was two. You hours. got lucky though, because you were the last one in. It was about totally lucky. I mean, totally lucky. It would have been four. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's the longest line I remember. I mean, some of the treehouse lines were beefy, but honestly, like when you look back on it, it was usually like an hour and a half, hour fifteen. We've probably had the bad. chance to wait in line, but this one over here won't wait for food. It's absurd. Like we go to a restaurant and they're like ten minutes, and Max is like, "I'm out of here." It's like it's ten minutes. Oh, I'm I don't not think waiting. I do ten minutes, thirty minutes, thirty minutes and over. I walk. Oh, I'm not waiting. Thirty minutes. I walk. I walk. I don't do it. <laughs> There's nothing. It's not. It's not. I'm sorry. I've yet. <laughs> I've yet to have a meal worth waiting longer than the amount of time that it would take me to eat said meal. That's just that's just a fact of my life. Well, at some point we'll have to take you to some restaurants in Europe because there are some, I think, that would blow your socks off. Not not the here's a foam that tastes like the essence of a cucumber. <laughs> None of that stuff, right? We would find one that well, okay, so you don't appreciate the taste of it you appreciate the quantity of it no i appreciate the taste but if it tastes really good i want more of it but right? what if you can have 10 different things that taste very good but they're small out of 10 there's gonna be three <laughs> or four that i don't like what but what if there weren't what if they were all amazing maybe 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 okay. but, the, but the fact of the matter is is that like like see how about like fogo de chow just Keep the car turned yeah, over. That's just quantity. keep slicing. You just like quantity. But it's huh? delicious. You like the quantity. I, 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 I prefer to have a hearty meal. <laughs> I prefer to have a hearty meal. I'm an active boy. Well, there you go. What's the best meal you've ever had? Oh, my gosh. Okay, we'll save that for the next time. But my follow-up question was, if you could ever think of it, was... How long would you have been willing to wait for that said most amazing meal you ever had? I mean, there have been some meals where, like, but they're like home-cooked meals. Okay. Like, how I, long I've, would you wait? But, you know, sometimes we're waiting here for, like, hours. You'll cook things all day and not eat it. I'll tell you what right now. Mimi's potato salad. You would wait how long for that? I mean, at this point in my life, I'd wait a day. I'd well, drive a weekend to get it. Well, there you go. Yeah. So you're contradicting your never, first but statement. That's, but, like, but like, okay, like I drive out of the way to get dogs at the works. Yeah. And I bet if we... Dogs at the works. I bet when we drive out of the way, if we got there and they were like, it's going to be an hour wait, you would wait. Hell yeah, I would. I'd sit down well, and have a there you go. I'd have a couple of rolling rocks there and sit down go. at the bar like a proper man. You just I'd contradicted your original point. I'd light up a camel on filter. I bet you could still smoke in there. I rest my case. I'm pretty sure I saw something smoking in there I rest last my time case. I was in the windmill. I rest my case. Yeah, dogs at the works. <laughs> dogs at the works are better than any meal you could point out to me in Europe. Okay. All right. Let us know what you would wait. I don't, we didn't really get an echelon of time. I guess it's three to four hours. I'd wait the, three to four hours, dog, dogs to works. God help us if we ever have to do that because that would be a really long road trip. <laughs> hey, I was looking at our photos last year. A couple of weeks was the last time I had them. Well, there you go. October 28th. I saw the date or 29th, 29th, dogs to works. There you go. 28th was uh, the festival. 
All right, y'all. We will see you on Wednesday. We got to go watch the rest of this game. Exactly. See if the Broncos are headed to the glue factory. All right. See you Wednesday, y'all. Peace. The chant is drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. Bushes. Stay out the bushes. Jeff is a mess. <laughs> <laughs>